trade issues continue to dominate headlines and boardroom discussions around the globe as the U.S. and China ratchet up their trade war. American consumers are already beginning to feel the pinch of higher prices, and U.S. manufacturers are grappling with the increased cost of steel and aluminum. In fact, Ford Motor just reported a $1 billion hit to their profit because of the tariffs on metals. Toyota, along with the entire auto industry, is fighting to prevent the imposition of import taxes on automobiles and auto parts, which are being investigated as national security threats. When did trade become such a hot topic? Are these trade disputes as serious as they seem in light of the historic tax cuts which passed last year? What about the markets? How do they view these trade threats? Thank you for listening to the sixth episode of Toyota Talks Global, What is the True Value of Trade? I'm Lila Aridia Fass, Director for International Public Policy. For today's episode, I'm delighted to have Dr. Veronique de Rougy, who is a Senior Research Fellow at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. Veronique is also a nationally syndicated columnist. She earned her PhD in economics from the very prestigious Pantheon Sorbonne University. Veronique, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Veronique, I think it's fair to say that your expertise is really in the area of tax policy. So it may seem strange that I'm asking you about trade, but as you have so eloquently written, tariffs are taxes. And so when we talk about trade today, a lot of that conversation is based on tariffs. Could you explain more what you mean by the fact that tariffs are just simply taxes? Tariffs are effectively an import tax. That becomes a straightforward uh, consumption tax on the American people. And this is why economists are always really puzzled by the attempt to protect our country by actually punishing our consumers. Yes, and you've mentioned the invisible impacts of tariffs and the fact that a lot of times policymakers, regulators don't consider the people who are most impacted. It's really stunning to think about the fact that there are only 140,000 steel-making jobs in America which were, quote, protected by tariffs imposed under the Section 232 investigation into whether steel and aluminum imports threaten national security. But those exact same tariffs jeopardized 6.5 million to 14 million U.S. jobs that depend on steel. Yes. I mean, like, if you think about what happened in 2002, the last time the U.S. implemented an import tax on steel, they were at the time roughly 190,000 people or 180,000 people in the steel industry. And by some economist count, over 200,000 jobs were lost in the downstream industry of those tariffs. This is more, more people lost their job as a result of the tariff than were in the industries that received the protection. And do you think we're on, on track to repeat that unfortunate consequence of tariffs with the latest round of tariffs, which of course are currently at 25% on steel and 10% on aluminum? We're about to repeat this kind of on steroids because this is not the only action taken by the administration to impose to impose import taxes. I think that if you look at all the protectionist policies put in place, we will have a cost that's probably larger than than what we saw in 2002. It is hurtful to the downstream industry. It is unfair because what effectively you're doing, they are saying that it is worth imposing a cost on the American people 
for consumers, and that includes workers in the downstream industry hit by the, by the tariff, in the name of propping up a small number of producers. And it's prof- profoundly unfair. Exactly. And right now, the auto industry faces great uncertainty as the Department of Commerce investigates whether imports of automobiles and auto parts threaten U.S. national security under the same obscure trade provision used to impose the import taxes on steel and aluminum. So there's a profound misunderstanding what the supply chain is about. They misunderstand the interconnection of this global economy we're in. They misunderstand the fact that to produce a car, the, the product goes back and forth across borders several times. And these supply chains are, are incredibly integrated and they're, and they're interdependent. And, and they have this very simple notion that if you somehow force all production uh, into the U.S. as if it was even possible, just basically a free lunch and a bundle of wealth created and jobs in the U.S., not true. I mean, it's like it's basically an increase in cost of productions. It's inefficient. And I think the automobile industry fully recognize this because I think they, I mean, they're every everyone who produces goods and services, I mean, they understand the notion of profit and they know how tight their margins are. And the, the automobile industry has already suffered from an increase in its cost of production through the steel tariff. And now they understand that if there is a 25% tariff on all important cars and trucks and auto parts. I mean, it's going to increase their cost furthermore, which will translate in higher price for their consumers and lower demand that will cost jobs and a lot of distortions. It's hard to even fathom how this became a potential remedy. And, and the administration stated objective for imposing tariffs of all sorts, whether it's on China, whether it's on steel and aluminum, or the potential tariffs on auto imports, their motivation is really to reduce the trade deficit by, of course, reducing imports into the United States and, and also forcing foreign governments to lower their unfair trade barriers. So U.S. exporters will have increased access to foreign markets. But We saw in July that the trade deficit is not going down. In fact, it's increasing by nearly 10%. What do you think that means about these sort of strong-arm tactics in trade, and what is the impact it's actually having on our economy? For the most part, tariffs are a non-issue at this point. On average, globally, they're 2.9%. I mean, this is a radical decrease from their their very high level after the Second World War. So this obsession about tariffs... Uh, while ignoring, by the way, the, the places where the U.S. put high tariffs, like on, on light trucks, like 25% for imported light trucks, is the first thing they don't understand. And there is this profound misunderstanding about what the trade deficit means and this perception that it's a bad thing, when in fact it's not a bad thing. I mean, you and I, we engage in trade deficit all the time when we go to the grocery store, and we don't expect our grocery store to ever buy anything from us. Actually, to the extent that foreigners want to sell us stuff, it's because they want our dollars. And why do they want our dollars? They want it to buy our exports, but they also want them to be able to invest in the United States. Like when Toyota invests a brand new plant in the U.S., I mean, some of it comes from the money from import. And so this notion that actually this misunderstanding that economists get 
that there's actually a symmetry between capital inflow and goods outflow, basically, that it's a, non, it's a non-problem. Basically, as long as the economy will be an attractive place to invest, the U.S. will be running a global trade deficit. We, we should be pretty happy about this and actually fear the time when that changes. The last time we, we had, we were in, a, in balance were during the Great Depression. But there's a third thing. We have failed to really make people understand that the true value of trade is import. There is this notion everywhere, it's true, in the U.S. and around the world, that actually really the stuff that's great about trade is exports. I have nothing against exports. I think it's this notion that imports are bad and exports are good, which leads to all of the way we actually do trade policy. Right. If you think about the trade agreements that we get, they are really rooted on this notion that, yes, we'll lower our tariffs, but in exchange for what we really want, which is more access for our exporters. There's nothing wrong about this, and it's gotten us definitely a freer trade. But the problem is that it reinforces this notion that importing is bad. It's as if consumers are not getting anything out of this. We are getting a ton, especially lower-income Americans are getting a ton and, uh, from imports, and manufacturers are getting a ton from imports. I couldn't agree with you more. Do you think that with this elevation of the topic of trade, I mean, for the first time ever, people who probably didn't really understand what NAFTA was or what tariffs were are actively engaged in the debate? Do you think that gives us an opportunity to correct this failure and to really turn the page on trade? Absolutely. I think it is a great opportunity, but I think it's it's one that will be difficult to correct because I think this bias against import and this positive bias towards export is something that people have a hard time understanding. And in fact, when you look at polls, yes, people really see trade very favorably. And I think this is the president's policies are really helping to rehabilitate uh, trade policy. And in a way, people, this belief that we should only lower our trade barriers if others do too, is something that we've always had a hard time explaining. In fact, there are a lot of people who claim to be free traders and really truly in their heart believe that they are, they they completely fail to understand that the economic case for free trade is ultimately a unilateral case. It means that it is in the benefit of our country to lower our trade barriers and get rid of our trade barriers. And that is true absolutely independently of the behavior of other countries. That is the hard, hard part to understand. And there's another one, I think, that very counterintuitive, which is like the more you import, the more we export. And uh, and that's because, yes, we send a lot of our dollars there, but they always come back to us. Now they may take different routes and go through different other countries, and but there's this equivalent. They always come back to us. And one of the things that for, foreigners use these dollars to do is to buy our exports. So if we buy less from them, they have less money to spend on our exports. And I think that's what's hard for people to grasp is just that fundamental understanding of how it actually works. And this issue came up before, sort of the importance of imports, when Congress was considering the border adjustment tax provision 
in the tax reform package. And Veronique, you were a stellar champion in opposing this potential 20% tariff on everything that entered the United States. The Tax Foundation estimates that the U.S. trade disputes uh, could wipe out all of the previously projected benefits of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Do you think that markets and uh, corporations and members of Congress fully appreciate this fact? I think this may be the reason why the president hasn't straight out withdrawn from NAFTA. As much as he wants to, he was told that the market would crash. Now, we've seen a lot of market response to trade news, and they always go in the direction expected. Markets don't like bad news, and, and trade is good news for investors. So, like, everything that's threatened trade is, is bad news. But I think that right now it's been going on for so many months that the market is kind of shrugging all mm. the changes and waiting to see. And they're waiting the next big trade shock, and they've already built in all that all that uncertainty. And so right now, the markets are pretty calm. We will continue to watch the market's reaction closely. But in terms of tax reform, do you think these ongoing trade disputes jeopardize the benefits of tax cuts? The benefit from the tax cuts comes from the fact that the reduction to the, to the corporate income tax will basically increase the incentive to invest. And this increase in incentive in investment then increases productivity and wages and, and produce economic growth. Well, if basically because of the trade war, in spite of the change in the tax law, you actually have to hold off on investing, it really means that basically you really are wiping out the benefit of the tax cuts. And we definitely do not want to wipe out those benefits. Veronique, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your very valuable insight with me and all of our listeners. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to Toyota Talks Global. I hope you enjoyed learning more about the true value of trade. I'm Lila Aridia Foss, Director for International Public Policy. Until the next time.